uh, I can say this definitively. Uh, some of those states, like Arizona, it's not even a close call. That should not have been certified. It's outrageous. And I hate to say it, people have no idea the state Supreme Courts, or generally seven justices, are as corrupt, they're political hacks. And I In other words, what do you say about a Supreme Court that does that? That takes the law and it disregards it completely. If you redefine a riot to an insurrection, all of a sudden anybody who was in the vicinity is a seditionist. Carbon 60 or C60 first gained notoriety back in 2012 from a study that increased the lifespan of rats by a whopping 90%. Since that breakthrough study, scientists have conducted thousands of studies showing C60 not only has a very real potential exciting lifespan, but also has been shown to be better than any other substance ever studied to reduce inflammation, eliminate free radicals, provide powerful antioxidants, and more. After the famous rat study, scientists at Live Longer Labs realized a human, not industrial, formula needed to be made. That's when they set out to be the first lab in the world to focus on what is best for human consumption of C60. This led Live Longer Labs to pioneer a high-quality, 99.9% pure C60 refined without solvents in oils that work best for humans, and that is black seed oil. Look it up yourself. Black seed oil has been known as a universal healer for millennia, and more modern studies confirmed its benefits as a potent antioxidant and for anti-inflammation. Simply, it's not like other oils. It's better. To try this amazing product, go to sarahwestall.com under shop. Remember, all listeners can save 5% using the coupon found at sarahwestall.com under shop. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Joel Freed coming to the program. He's a CPA and professional auditor and has performed hundreds of audits. And he also had his own auditing company after he, he got his MBA. Then he was hired as an auditor for Ernst & Young. And then after that, he formed his own firm. But also during his 43-year career, Joel performed and supervised countless audits as a AICPA, which only means something in the industry, authorized peer review for dozens of other audit firms. I mean, he's he knows how to audit things. And he has a background with an MBA and a CPA, so he knows numbers. And he has been reviewing, now that it's hindsight, 2020, the election, and there's time has passed, he's been able to definitively say that this election was fraudulent. And he's going to show you, and he doesn't even count the votes coming from the computer systems like Dominion and things. So this is all based on just with ballots. I'm going to say Dominion is a big part of it because you can cheat on about Dominion, but flipping votes electronically is very easy to do. And unless you fix that, you can rig any election. It doesn't matter. But he didn't even go that far. I mean, the election fraud was so bad, then so obvious that they did it. They did it in all sorts of ways. That's why Biden, who couldn't even muster up 100 people at a rally, won by the, had, the, had the most votes in U.S. history. I mean, it's just a, such a sham. And you'll hear all the details that we talk about. It's really interesting. His book is called Debunked, and you can get it anywhere that fine books are sold. And I hope you take some time to do that. He was saying that I don't know how long it's going to stay on the shelves, but uh, 
you know, you might as well get it now because it's still there now. So hopefully they do keep it on the shelves and we can educate people. They're just so happy on taking down anything that doesn't align with their propaganda. It's just really crazy. It has eased up a little bit and the propaganda isn't as bad as it was because there's some pushback now. But the mode of operation with their big tech companies with Google and uh, Microsoft and all these guys, it's the same. So we haven't gotten out of the woods. Google's partnering with who, who's trying to take over our sovereignty for health. And that's another problem that we need to talk about, but it is getting a little better. I want to remind you to go to United for Free Speech. We've really come a long way. So unitedforfreespeech.com. New speakers are being added all the time. And I think you'll be impressed with our speaker lineup. And it's not until March 24th. So I'm just giving you some kind of heads up on it. But I'm really excited about it because I've been putting working so hard behind the scenes. But the other exciting thing is starting tomorrow, March First, I'm going to be airing in California, in L.A. and San Bernardino. And then on uh, next Tuesday, I'll have three other markets, Seattle, Boston, and Atlanta, that my show is going to be airing on. So it's going to be pretty fun to see how that goes in five different radio markets and how that expands. And if you hear me on one of those markets, please let me know. I want to know if there's crickets out there or what. It's Wednesdays in California and Tuesdays everywhere else, it's drive time. So if you listen to the radio during drive time, it's really good slots. And so I'm hoping it uh, makes a difference. Okay, and a reminder, sign up for my newsletter at sarahwestall.com. And while you're there, please support my affiliates. That's how I keep this show going and bring you all the content that I bring on a regular basis. So let's get into this really good conversation that I have with Joe Freed. Hi, Joe, welcome to the show. Oh, hello, Sarah. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I read your article that you put out there, and I was so impressed. And I reposted it on my website, and I reached out to your publicist because you have a book, and I really wanted to talk to you and get you on air. And your book, and you're going to talk about your book, is about the election fraud. You're a CPA and an auditor, and you went down and you just presented facts. And now that hindsight is 2020. There's a lot more coming out that is just very concrete. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, some of the fact checks <laughs> that are cited all the time, uh, one would be William Barr. And I, I love to expose that very disingenuous man uh, because that goes way back to a couple of weeks after the election. And and everybody cites him. William Barr has shown us definitively there was no fraud in the election. Well, here's what he did. On November 9th, he sent a very reasonable memo to his elections. He has a little election staff sent, you know, a, a group, I think 16 yeah. people. And he sent him a memo and it was reasonable. He said, listen, if you find anything substantial that looks like it might involve fraud, you have my authorization to investigate it. Well, that was too much. So the head of, uh, I think his name is Richard Pil Pilzer. I, I can't remember. But the head of the group quit that day in a huff. He had a hissy fit, okay? Oh. <laughs> and he, he said, this is unacceptable. Four days later, the entire 16 people sent a memo to Barr saying, we want you to stop this. This is inappropriate. What was inappropriate? So, God knows what. 
Well, I mean, no, it was it was something that uh, it might benefit Trump. That's what was inappropriate. So, in other words, we had from November 9th to November 13th, that was still impossible, but nobody was doing anything. That's it. Four days, four days of a non-investigation. A few weeks, a couple of weeks later, he he declares there was no fraud in the election, and. Since then, we've been hearing that. Now, you you started this conversation by saying we've learned so much since then. That's right. We've learned a whole lot since November 13th, which was only 10 days after the election. We don't have to go back to 10 days after the election to cite things that we had no knowledge of. That's right. We, can, we now know a lot of things. And a lot of times, the reason it took a while is that there was obstruction, massive obstruction. That's right too. Yeah, for an example, of that would be Arizona. That's what got me to write the book. By the way, you know, I was. Um, am I rambling too much? If no, this want... is great. I no, this okay. is great. And what what you did at the article, which I thought was fantastic, is you gave people the swing states. There were six of them, right? That you right. Docu documented those six states have so much fraud that you can, as an auditor and a CPA, you can you can definitively show that just those six states oh, yeah. would have turned the election or at least would have said, okay, well, the, this election is not verifiable because the six states, just these six states show you that the fraud is so enormous that we cannot say Biden won the election. They, uh, I can say this definitively. Uh, some of those states, like Arizona, it's not even a close call. That should not have been certified. It's outrageous. And let me give you, do you want me to back it up with a few things? We have yeah, time? give me a couple, yes, give me a, okay. a couple examples, because that's where the, the meat of all of this is in. Well, is in that. the article, I gave one example. I gave the, uh, what they call the military vote, is the, they call it UOCAVO, but that doesn't, that acronym doesn't matter. What it is, is um, a vote of military people overseas and their families. And what they found was that in a, in a county, Maricopa, where the vote was fairly even, Trump 49, Biden 51, suddenly the military split 95 to 5. Now that in its, right on its face is ridiculous, okay? Yes. But it's worse. Because the military vote jumped from 1,600 people, the overseas military, from 1,600 people in 2016 election to 9,600 in the 2020 election. And there was no chain of custody. There were no ballots received. There was just copy paper. No trace of who, who submitted it. And the, there's a guy I cite that, uh, Paul Harris, who was, um, I don't know if I put his name in the article, but this man was angry as he went to, he personally counted those votes and could say it was exactly 95% for Biden and 5% for Trump. And there was no credible documentation. It threw an election that was decided, the whole state was decided by 10,400 that added 8,000, that one military vote in that one county added 8,000 to that margin. In other words, 
8,000 of the 10,004. Yeah. But it's even worse because Pima County had the same thing. All right, we don't have the numbers. Now, let me, I said I'd give you a couple. Here's the worst one. That's the better one. The signatures, we were talking about what didn't we know at the time. When the cyber ninjas were doing their audit, and if you remember, they came out with a report around the end of September of 2021. And this is exactly what got me to write the book. I wasn't going to write the book. I said that, well, once that audit comes out, everybody will know there's a problem. And instead, it comes out, and ABC, CBS, all of them say, oh, gee, it was a dud. I mean, if anything, it added 50 or 60 votes to Biden. Oh, you gosh, know, they, they thought it was so a hoot. lying. I mean, that's where it gets back to, are they that incompetent as journalists, or are they evil in undermining our democracy? Let me add a third adjective. They're arrogant because they don't know, you know, these people, and it doesn't matter if it's medicine, uh, radiology, if it's uh, uh, accounting, if it's law, at 10 in the morning, they know nothing. By four in the afternoon, they're experts. They're, uh, you know, they, <laughs> <laughs> and it's so aggravating. Well, what? Uh, let me get back to this. So that was the Cyber Ninja audit, and um, this that audit had um, needed two things. That it, it really wasn't a complete audit. Let me put it this way: it was as close as we've come to a complete audit, but it wasn't. And here's why it wasn't. They, the Democrats, fought tooth and nail to prevent the two Im most important tests that the auditors had to do. I can tell you as an experienced auditor, and I have 40 plus years of auditing, and, and I also was a peer reviewer for 30 years, meaning I reviewed the standards of other CPA firms, okay? But I can tell you in this, using my judgment and assessing the situation, I can see that the only really good test was the canvas, which means to knock on doors, you select a sample and of people who supposedly voted by mail, and you knock on their doors and say, well, according to our records, you voted by mail. We don't want to know who you voted for, but is it true that you voted by mail in this election? And you find, and then you some of the answers you're going to get, because they actually had some people do this. Yeah. Is, oh, that person sold me this house eight years ago, you know? Uh, that person is here anymore. <laughs> but that's the test. Well, they came down like a ton of bricks on them. You, you, you know, you're not going to do that. I mean, Merrick Garland came down. They, they, they called in the. Well, as, as if they knew that if you did this, then it would expose the truth, and we can't have the truth exposed. That's what their behavior right. showed. Because any, everybody knows that if everything is legit, you don't fight the audit. You encourage right. it. You do it. Let's show that it's legit. Let's let's bring the faith of our election system back by doing a real audit and show faith in the people. But they did the opposite, which all right. that does is show that we not only do we know it was a fraudulent election, we now think that you, too, are corrupt. And so is the yeah. media saying all this stuff. Now we no longer trust the media. Yeah. So instead of doing the benefit of creating more trust, they just cause us to trust less people. Well, the second best test <laughs> I know you agree with me. is signatures. And they blocked that. They went to court. The Democrats would not have it. So the cyber ninjas could not do the two important tests. Yeah. The only two that could possibly work against these non-ID, remember, no ID, 
mail-in ballots. Okay, the only thing that could work is, well, we'll check the signatures. That's not that good, but that's better than nothing. Or we'll actually knock on doors and confirm. So the cyber ninjas ended their audit without that. But a few months later, the Arizona Senate commissioned Dr. Shiva Ayaduri, a very smart yep. man, a doctor with uh, um, at least three degrees from MIT, maybe four. I can't remember the fourth. But that man constructed a wonderful test, an impeccably good test. He selected scientifically 499 uh, ballots to test. Now, when I say scientifically, what I mean is representative. Random? No, not necessarily random, because it has to be representative of the whole of Maricopa County. In other words, okay. the poor yeah. parts, the rich parts, everybody, you know, and you, you have to but random within those parameters. And um, he assembled a panel of six people, three of whom were professional document examiners. And they had to go to each of those 499 signatures in the sample and compare them to the registration signatures. And unanimously, all, twix, uh, all six said, these ballots, 12%, we see, none of us see any similarity. Not one of us, not, it's not like five to one or four to one, a two, it's six to zero. We don't see a relationship. And that 12%, if you were to extend it to the mail-in voting population of Maricopa County, is 204,000 ballots in an election decided by 10,400. In other words, almost, well, that, 20, almost 20 times. But that yeah. makes more sense because everyone thought that, that Biden lost in a landslide. And so that kind of, that, that's why people are questioning it. If Biden was a strong candidate, this wouldn't have been such a contested election. People yeah. would have said, well, you know, maybe. But because he was such a weak candidate, this is why this came out. And so yep. in some ways, this is really good because if you, that means that our democracy can be fixed at any point with any, anyone, as long as the candidates are relatively okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, what, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that uh, I, I fear for the next election, actually, because I really think it's going to be an up. I don't care if it's Ron DeSantis or if it's Donald Trump or Mike Pence. They're, they've got the wind against them right now because these six battleground states, are five of them are locked up by the Democrats already. You saw it in the midterms. Well, we saw it with uh, Carrie Lake in Arizona and Maricopa. I mean, the amount of fraud there was probably almost worse than what we saw with uh, Biden and Trump. I mean, you know, as yeah. an auditor, that that was that's terrible. And so we... But the message that it's sending is we no longer have a free republic. We tell mm -hmm. you who we want there, and we will go through the charade, but this isn't a fair, it's just not anything. It's like what we used to see in the third world countries, and we used to point at it and say it's just a charade because the dictator is making up an election, and that's, you know, he got 98% of the vote, you know, and it was just a big sham, and nobody, but that's what's coming, happening here. Oh, yeah. Uh, I read every bit of Carrie Lake's arguments and complaint and the appeal. 
And I can tell you, it is so... Uh, well, let me give an example here. She had three whistleblowers in her case. These are people who work for Maricopa County. And these three whistleblowers each said, something's not right here. We, we were rejecting signatures. And after we reject them, they're supposed to, the next step is supposed to be you contact the voter. Now that's a weak step too, by the way. I'll get into that in a minute. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm getting mad now. But um instead of doing that, one of them says, for example, she had thousands of ballots. They had been through three levels of review, one, two, and three reviewers, and rejected. And you know what? She said they sent them right back again. Like they weren't gonna give up. They wanted every and why? Because they're in. Clark County, all very heavily Democrat. They know that those are goals, that if you want to win the election, you just met, must make those signatures match. You, now, you have to do, and they, it didn't, doesn't matter. The goal is to win. It doesn't matter how we get there. Right. I was saying that the, um, they have something, this, I love the Democrats and they're, they're good with words. You know, they're really, it's like they take a riot and they call it an insurrection. And as a result of that, there are people who are in jail for years instead of a couple of days, you know, because it's an insurrection. But um, they have another word they use now, cure. They cure defective ballots. And supposedly, they would, this is what they would say. I'm not kidding. They, remember I said that uh, uh, Dr. Shiva's test showed the we could expect 204,000 bad ballots in Maricopa County that where signatures don't match according to six people, including experts. They would say, oh, but we would have cured almost every one of those. And how would they cure it? You want to, I, I, I had this ready for you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let us know. And then, I because mean, I've been looking for this. Uh, I, and I got it. They're, even the curing is a joke. It's a total joke. You know what they're doing? They're not saying to these people, well, we have all, no, we've been through three levels of review and your signatures don't match. What they should say is, you come in with ID now, or you can't vote. We're not counting your ballot unless you come up with ID, like driver's license or something like that. Yeah. Instead, they send them a text message so that they can say, oh, like, press one if this is you and press two if it's not you. Well, you know what that means? Think about it. 85-year-old Mary Smith never voted, but somebody voted her ballot for her. They, When you send in your signature, it says right below it, it says, phone, if signature is questioned, put your phone down, your cell phone. So somebody puts the cell phone down and they text this guy who instead of being 85 year old mary is 25 year old six foot six that's um, right because they put their <laughs> cell phone down of course and they just what's he gonna do he's gonna click one yes it's me and, and they're and told says, and I, do you think they're i mean I, it just seems like it's part of the fraud that they've but they baked in but this isn't you know maricopa county has gotten so much news because it's so obvious it's so much fraud but this happened in all of the swing states. It happened probably everywhere in the country. Yeah. But it happened, you found 
this level of situation in every state? Like, what did you find in Pennsylvania? Oh, well, that's a good one. Pennsylvania, uh, the first of all, it was an illegal certification at the moment. Uh, nobody disputes this, by the way. There are 202,000 uh, more ballots submitted than voters. Now, how does that work? You know, okay. Well, they they said, well, that's just that four counties are late in submitting their ballots. We're going to certify anyway. Well, that's illegal because Pennsylvania law says that you have to have an investigation in that situation before you can count those votes. You can't count those votes until you have an investigation. If they're substantial enough to be more than the margin of victory, and they were way more. Okay. So that was wrong right there on the basis of Pennsylvania law. They shouldn't have done that. But here's the thing. And I want to give Verity Vote the credit for this, a Pennsylvania outfit, a very, very fine outfit that does this sort of, because I I'm just the accumulator, okay? There are a lot of bright people like Shiva and like Verity Vote that do these things and uh, and, and lots of others. Um, they did a whole bunch of uh, freedom of information requests and got the information and they figured out that there was about, let me see if I can remember their number, about 125,000, even after three months went by, there were still 125,000 more ballots than voters. Now, I made an adjustment to that in my book because months later, finally in May of 2001, the Secretary of State of Pennsylvania put one more, in, they increased the number of voters by 30,000. So it's now around 91,000. That's still more than 10,000 more than Biden won by. To this day, as far as I, and I put a freedom of information request in too, and I said, ask for this, and they never really gave me a, an well, adequate response. And that's assuming 100,000 or 100% of the people are going to vote in the first place, right? It's above, that's if 100% of the people vote. Is that above 100% of the people, the question? So like uh, there's 91,000 more votes or more ballots than people who voted. Is Are the people who vote, is that 91,000 more than the possible voters? Or 91,000 uh, more? Well, what they have in Pennsylvania is they call it the SURE system, S-U-R-E system, where each county is supposed to record the number of voters they have. And they, when they add those all up, when they submit them to the central secretary of state, they just don't total up. I, I mean, I don't know quite how to answer your question, but they just so don't. So it's the one from all the different counties of the number of votes they claim they had, yeah. the, the end tally was still 91,000 more than what each right. individual thing counted up said there were as voters, which I, is impossible. I put this in articles and I've challenged them because I've said, you know, notice if you have a reconciliation, I'd love to hear it, but make sure you put this down. I know, of course, I'm a little guy, and they I don't even know if they saw my articles, but I i would welcome them to explain it, but they haven't. They're very arrogant. They don't bother to explain because the press leaves them alone, you know, except for it's incredible. little guys. Well, if, the, if this was all legit, then we have so many people. Now there's more than 50% of the people don't believe that the elections are fair. It's gotten to the point where more than 50%. 
So more than half of the people of the United States don't trust this election and you refuse to open it up and actually do legit audits. So all they're doing is making more people not trust the election. I mean, I keep going back to they're doing the opposite of what we need because what we need is just a fair, free election so that we can start having trust in the institutions of our country. If we had a fair, free election and a Democrat won, I, I don't this isn't about Democrat Republican. This is about having a republic. It's not gonna happen, Sarah. I'm a I, I'm very fearful for the country because the Republicans would need to have control of the House, the presidency, and at least uh six uh sixty votes in the Senate, but I don't think that'd be enough because there'd be a couple of Mitt Romneys who will mess it up. That's what I'm saying. We don't even see- we don't <laughs> have uh, um we there's too many rhinos who are part of the dem there's too yeah. many bought off people. We have a, a minority of people who actually care about the Republic. The rest are bought yeah. off. Yeah. You know, uh, if we can jump back to Pennsylvania, I'll, let me re- let's add one more factor in there because it's a good one. Uh, and it's a common one. And I hate to say it, people have no idea the state Supreme Courts are generally seven justices are as corrupt. They're political hacks. And I'm I'll tell you, I don't have to say they're political hacks. You know, the three in Wisconsin, I the three know dissenters. That have you ever, yeah, if you, if somebody wants well, to. I say know the Ninth about, Circuit is corrupt, and I have a whole story on that, but go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, in Wisconsin, the three dissenting reasonable justices basically turned to their four colleagues and said, you're just, as usual, violating the law. And they were. They were violating, they, they kept the Green Party off so that, because it would have helped Trump and they knew that. But in Pennsylvania, that is the most ridiculous Supreme Court. You want to hear what they did? They had a, in Philadelphia, not the rest of the state, but in Philadelphia, which is massively Democrat, of course, they were keeping Republicans from seeing any processing. And by the way, there was tremendous hostility there, tremendous hostility in Fulton County, which is Atlanta, tremendous in Detroit, Wayne County. But in Philadelphia County, they couldn't, so they finally got a lower judge to say, okay, you have a right to get within six feet of the table. The Supreme Court of Pennsylvania jumped in and said, no, we want them back 15 to 18 feet, which is a joke. No, yeah, because well, they can't do their job. They can't do the job, which they didn't want them to do. But here's the big one. This is incredible. Kathy Bookvar, the Secretary of State at the time in Pennsylvania, sometime a month or two before the 2020 election, she asked the Supreme Court to weigh in on a a dispute she was having with Trump. And Trump wanted them (laughs) to simply utilize, everybody when you transmit your ballot, you're supposed to add a signature. Because there's no ID. It's the only thing you have, right? And Kathy Bookfire said, we don't want to use the signature. The law says, she was trying to be real literal. literal. The yeah. law says you have to have submit a signature. It doesn't say we have to use it. This would be sort of like a, if we have a federal law that says uh, GM has to add seatbelts to their cars. And they said, Yes, we do. We have them in a box and we throw them in the trunk. But we, you never said we had to install them, you know. I mean, it's just so mind-bending. So you know what the Supreme Court did? Though, no, let I, me just wrap up. No, no, this I is good. no, I want you to hear I want to hear this. 
they went further. They not only said you don't have to use them, they said you can't use them. They said if the if the ballot signature doesn't match the records, you count that vote anyway. You must do that. It's mandatory. In other words, what do you say about a Supreme Court that does that, that takes the law and, and disregards it completely? They're just hacks. They're hacks. Well, they and I'm hacks. sorry. So what, I, I like to be No, respectful. no, no. I know you're getting... My, my question is, what's wrong? You almost get... You have to take a step back and say, what's wrong with these people? And it, it, is it... Because it's obvious that they're purposely undermining our republic. I don't care about Democrat, Republican. You know, I, I think it's important for us to take that out of the picture and say, you are destroying a representative republic and turning us into a banana republic and not taking this seriously. Right. And that is the bigger problem here. So what is wrong with these people? Why are have they have they just decided that their obligation to society is not important? What happened? Are they being paid? I mean, what's well, in their brain? I know you don't know for sure. I'm just asking. Yeah. Well, uh, that's the uh, most disturbing part here. This has been happening a long time. I wrote a book 20 years ago, and I remember having a section in there on how certain political forces, they happen to be on the left, were redefining free speech as hate speech, and then they could ban it. And that was 20 years ago. It's only gotten 10 times worse since then. That that's one of the things you you redefine. I remember I was saying how Democrats are very good with words. If you redefine a riot to an insurrection, all of a sudden anybody who was in the vicinity is a seditionist. Yeah, and they and, know that's wrong. They know yeah. what they're doing is wrong. There's no notion of right or wrong, or they don't care if they're in the wrong. Because I'm trying to because most people operate with a compass of they do what they think is right. And we just disagree with what's right. Do they honestly believe that they're right in what they're doing and that their ends justify the means? I'm trying to understand. I, I think, think they do. I've gotten I, past my ability to even try to, you know, to understand where they're coming from. And that's a problem. Once you redefine, I mean, you know, I don't want to bring analogies up with the Nazis or anything because that's. That well, I think we're getting dangerously close to how the Nazis operated. Yeah, uh, I don't want to say that only because then they'll throw that back at you that you're extremist. But they are. They, <laughs> they the, the point I was trying to make is they will. If the Nazis were trying to treat people as less human, so that you could do worse things to them, and they're trying to take speech, the Democrats today. And I'm not saying Republicans might not in a different world do this well, too, but. Let, let's admit that 70% of the Republicans aren't that much different than them right now. But right, go ahead. that's probably true. But they redefine speech or 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 actions, you know, so that's, for example, well, right now in the news is Wuhan lab. And for three years, people were called racist because they they took your concerns, people's concerns about the virus maybe coming from a Chinese lab, and they say, oh, you're a racist. You hate Chinese people. Once you make that little switch, that silly, stupid switch, you can then ban them from the internet, from Twitter. From everywhere. Can, everywhere. They've, they've weaponized all these things is what right. they've done. And I don't think that the every, I think the everyday person is very naive that follows it. They just don't understand. But the people who are running these operations clearly know what they're doing. 
Oh yeah, they they do. And uh, that's the concern. And so that's why I'm concerned about the next election because I look at these swing states. Now the only one of the six I looked at that still has some sense is Georgia. And that's a tough state for Republicans now. But at least I can say, and I will say, I think that that mid, the midterms uh, might have been fairly reasonable in uh, Georgia, uh, the elections. But um, they at least have ID now. And I think there's some, you know, I'm not going to say that just because Republicans lost that it's unfair. It isn't necessarily unfair because Republicans lose. They lose a lot. Uh, but the other five states, that blue wall is is resurrected again. The Democrats decided they were going to get that blue wall back up, and they did. Well, and, and but it's it's a fraudulent wall. Now, I want to talk a little bit about my, I'm a computer scientist. I'm an engineer by training. That's my background, data analyst. Um, So I looked at the data. My whole family is, you know, engineers and my kids are computer scientists, people. We looked at numbers. We looked and we saw numbers switch. You know, they don't want to get into the computing systems. I know that numbers switched. I talked, there was over 500 computer scientists, mathematicians, that were analyzing all this data as it went through and data was switching. They were, they were, they would start off with 10,000 votes. And then, then the the thing would switch where now they have 8,000. The other one has 12,000. Yeah. I mean, that stuff happened. I can say it hundred percent without any question that happened. I know so hundreds of people who agree with me, who I've talked to over there is who are mathematicians and computer scientists best in the country all around who would agree with me saw the same stuff. I don't know how we fix that. I mean, that is insidious because it's well, not something the, that the, the average argument, person understands. Now, Dr. Shiva understands that very well. Right. But there is a, a counter argument they made. And it's, it's a, I agree with you basically, but the counter argument they made is, oh, we made we made a mistake and we reversed our error. We made a mistake, or you know, and, and so there's a series of. Did you find all mistakes. the errors you reversed? No, because in Michigan yeah. they they uncovered there's a lot of things they uncovered where it was never right. reversed. Yeah, that's. Uh, I I agree with you. I in my book I didn't get into that too far because I was I felt. And you almost I, don't need to. The other stuff was enough I, all on its own, but together it's a problem. But go ahead. You, you know, there were things, uh, uh, D- Douglas uh, Frank, I think his name, very bright guy. I didn't, you know, I I cover a lot of territory in the book. I'm uh, Mike Lindell and uh, all these, uh, these characters uh, on uh, Benson's uh, Law, uh, Benford's yeah. Law. But that doesn't mean that when I came to the six swing states and I put the analysis at the end of each of the six swing states, I put a, an issue of whether this certification was appropriate or was it a premature. You came at it from yeah. an auditor's perspective, which is what makes it so valuable. Right. I left out Lindell. I left out um, the various, uh, there's a whole bunch I left out of that. I have them in the rest of the book, but I wanted to keep with things that are at least highly probable and not disputed. And the problem with the changes I found, and there was also a lot of controversy about um, whether the the counting stopped in the middle of the night. 
I could not get, I could not really get to the bottom of that, it, whether that was how concrete it was. There was always an excuse. Oh, well, we, we didn't really stop, you know, so you couldn't pin it down. Well, of course I they're not to. going to. You were trying to get to the stuff that you had absolute proof on. The, yeah. the problem is 99% of the public does not have the understanding I have when it comes to computer systems and data. They didn't yeah. teach Bellcore engineers how to do data modeling and data analysis. Yeah. You know, yeah. they don't have that background. Yeah. And so, and so from my perspective, I see something that's so obvious and it's so frustrating because the majority of the public, not only don't know, they don't know, they don't understand. There's no way we can get them to understand because the other side is going to gaslight it anyways. The only way we can get it is to have legit in computer scientists, mathematicians, people that understand data to analyze it. And, and we have the experts determine it, not yeah. the lawyers, not the, the politicians who know nothing when it comes to this, get the actual experts and, and tell us, but that won't happen because they won't allow it. That's it, the loss of a Republic. As far as I'm concerned, because we will never know if these elections are legit when you start doing that kind of game. You know, there's another problem and it will affect both sides. I mean, frankly, if the Republicans won the presidency with Trump, they would be putting roadblocks on it, anything to to review it. I think they would because they didn't want wouldn't want to take a chance on anything. But we need more time. You know, here here's the thing. We have obsolete standards now. Ten years ago, most people voted in person. They walked in. I know how I did it. You signed right in front of somebody. You went to a table and they were watching you sign. Low tech is almost better in the right. day and age. Go ahead. They watched <laughs> you and they were looking, they had a comparison signature they could look immediately to. And they said, okay, you can vote and go over there. Yep. Um, so the, the error rate was much less. Today, with the mail-out ballots, no ID, and very weak signature standards, almost gone now from the swing states. They've just about taken those out. Uh, you need time. You need to, and, and this is sad, because we shouldn't have to do this with ID. We wouldn't. But if we're not going to have ID, and we're not, because the Democrats will never allow it, and certainly not in their states, um, we're going to have to have more time between this election and the certifications to investigate. You're going to have to have people like you coming in. You were talking about the data scientists have to come in, but that can't be done in, in a week or two. It has to be done. It, it you takes you have to, yeah. And if we want to get the the faith of our country and these institutions back, you have to do this. I mean, that's yeah. just the bottom line. You have to bring in experts and professionals. I mean, there are so many people out there that know what's going on who are so disgusted because they just know. I mean, that's their background. They know. They've seen it. They see it. You can't. Two plus two equals four. You can't tell me it equals three. So it's not something. This isn't a fuzzy. This isn't science. And when it comes to medical and every human body behaves differently and you can argue the science all day long. This yeah. is zeros and ones, people. Yeah. This is not something that anybody people coming from different political sides of the aisle can debate about this yeah. is concrete stuff and you know as a cpa what i'm saying i know what you're saying but i i disagree with you on one thing 
politicians can debate anything they want well, to. It yeah, doesn't well, I matter. agree with no I, I no we don't disagree on that they're good at that <laughs> they they can but they can't disagree with it or they can't argue it in a with integrity I mean so so they have to they lie argue? to argue it so there's here's how they do it by calling you an election denier by labeling you a Maybe a racist, even because maybe that community had more minorities. They come up, they weaponize things instead of looking at the truth, and and it doesn't mean that the truth goes away. It means that they now lose credibility in the eyes of the people that know. Right. You know, you get the respect of the people you want respect from, and they don't right. have it. But right. you know, I, I um I don't know. That's probably why a lot of people. Marjorie Taylor Greene came out and said, "I don't we're." we're deemed for revolution. She just came out and said, we're deemed for revolution because the, we can't come to a, agreement on some of these basic things. And her suggestion was to simply uh, split the country in two. You know, let's just have Republican areas and yes. Democrat areas. And I mean, I think a lot of people are coming to, to I, think, I don't necessarily agree with that solution. But I do think a lot of people are saying, I don't want anything to do with this system because it's right. so bad. It's so not working for people that perhaps we should just create something new. It's a very scary time, don't you think? I do think, and I wouldn't be opposed to that solution. Uh, I always <laughs> thought, <laughs> but I, I, it's tempting. the Democrats will never allow it because if you think about it, the difference between Democrats and Republicans fundamentally is Republicans sort of like say, let me do my thing and leave me alone. I'm going to, you know. Don't tread on me. Right. And the Democrats love group control. They, they say, let's all, all get together and we're going to we're going to have a better way of driving. We're going we're gonna to use batteries instead of gasoline. We're, gonna we're better this. and we want to control everybody else because right. we know we're better. So we're going to force you to do it our way. And That's we're going right. to shut down all speech that conflicts with us so that we can we can cram in our agendas. And they right. truly believe that's the right way to go, because if we don't force you to do this, you don't know what's best for you. And we're going to do what's best for you, even though it's yeah. bad in so many ways. They can't see their they can't see the errors of their ways. As Sarah, Jesus says they don't know, how you know, how ignorant they don't know what they do. Well, they don't even understand the mindset. I, I was going to say, Sarah, that. Uh, more than once, I've seen um, commentators like on MSNBC or CNN deride the intelligence of certain Republicans. And they say, oh, that's stupid. That guy doesn't seem to realize he drives a truck. He makes 20000 a year. If, if the Democrats got this policy, he'd be making, he'd be getting free stuff. He'd be getting this and that. And they don't understand that that guy doesn't want it. He wants... To do it on his own. He, Just right. leave him alone. Right. He wants to be free. And he wants to feel the account that he did it on his own. That's, that's sort of true. how I've that's always an, felt. That's another mindset. You want to, yeah. you, you're an adult. Yeah. It's an adult mindset. Yeah. You know, so, it, but I, I do think we're split in this country of people who, who have the attitude you're describing. People who want to be free. People mm -hmm. who want to be self-sufficient, independent. And then the other ones who want to be taken care of by the government, cradle the grave, and they don't care. They would like that. Yeah. Right now, though, I, I sure hope, uh, you know, I think they would just, they'd be tickled and delight, delighted, the Democrats, if some sort of armed rebellion took place, because this would actually 
be the real rebellion that they tried to make the riot into. You know, just imagine if they could get a bunch of guys with guns shooting up something. So I sure hope it doesn't happen. It's just going to be another uh, excuse for them to suppress everybody. Yeah, I just want freedom. I just want people to be free. And and I I think the classical liberal, they used to believe in that. They used to believe in the ACLU and freedom and, and freedom of speech and all these things. Something happened to them and they lost their way. And they're losing droves of people, by the way. There's a whole, the whole political landscape is redefining of those who want freedom and those who want state control. Well, you know, I was a liberal once, a flaming liberal. My father was a communist and he was before the wow. House on the American Committee. And I heard all through this, through my teen years, but I do remember also feeling something in, in me was different as I talked to, I would go to these, uh, was it SDS against the war rallies and all this. And I'd talk to people and I remember talking to my wife. I was married at a very young age. And I'd say to her, it's, we, we agree, but I don't sense that they really feel, I sort of think like they oppose the war because they don't want to fight the war. I feel like they they want more welfare, but they don't really, I, I just didn't see it was genuine. And I think I had the seeds of being a conservative in me because I really cherished doing things on my own. I didn't want, I thought it was so satisfying to build something on my own or to accomplish something on my own. That was and to the, this day, that's the main thing I care about. I couldn't even care less about money for the most part. It's it's as long as I have enough, some of it. But I just care about accomplishing something. So I think that's the I maybe that's the mindset of Republicans. But why don't they respect your life and your desire to just be independent? Why don't they respect the freedom and the will of others? They only see their own will. They don't see the respect enough to respect others and what others want to do. Why is that? Where where are they lost in that? Uh, where have they lost their way? There's a, a very big difference, I think, between the mentality of Democrats and Republicans. And I actually wrote a book on it once. And there is a fundamental difference. I mean, I'll tell you what was shocking to me when I wrote that book is how unhappy Democrats are compared to Republicans. I mean, they're- Really, that's interesting. What is oh, the unbelievably unhappy and how untrusting they are. And uh, people have the opposite impression, but the um, there's a lot of angry, frustrated Democrats out there, very conscious of money and resentful of people with more money, whereas a lot of Republicans just don't even care. I mean, they, they that's the irony. Everybody thinks Republicans right. care about money, but I didn't see that, and I did a pretty extensive look into Hard it. Hard work and ethics and, and integrity and telling the truth, doing what you say, all these values, that leads to making more money or at least having enough to be comfortable. Yeah. And so it's, it's the basic... Uh, principles of how to live your life and work hard and have basic things that that leads to a comfortable happy life right. in, in a lot of cases <laughs> right yeah. well i i know you put my reparations article on your website and if you if see and that thing i i make it's it's 
I think there's some relationship to what we're talking about in that, because the Democrats keep using the reparation issue. And I say, well, okay, you you were the main party. I mean, there's no question about it. We can argue whether the federal government owes more. It's It's been shelling out a lot for the last 40, 50 years. We can argue whether certain slave states owe more. I think there were around 11. Uh, we could argue even whether certain old companies that go back to the slave era owe more. But there's one thing where nobody can argue with. The Democratic Party was the tip of the sword for 150 years. I mean, yes. throughout history. And now, okay, I'm not going to argue. Maybe reparations are owed. But you're the ones that, oh, it's, take some of that the you know billion dollars you raise for your that's campaign. right why doesn't it come for you yeah take a little of that and shell it out every year you're the one telling everyone else to pay why don't you pay reparations because you were the ones that were most responsible for all this money you're raising from all your political base turn around and give it back to them so the first yeah. person needs that's the integrity that i'm talking about if yeah. you expect others to do it you do it first yeah <laughs> Right. I yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I like that article. Okay. Well, thank you. Now, people, where can they get your book? Now, I love your book because it gives people objective oh. data on this stuff. I know right, you can hold it up. Go ahead. Does that yeah. show debunked. up? Yeah, people can see it on the radio. It's debunked. Joseph Green. With a question mark. Debunked with question. a question mark. Yes. And, and, and uh, go it's ahead. on Amazon, at least for now. And it's on. Barnes and Noble, uh, they haven't, I guess I haven't been noticed enough or they'll sooner or later they'll take it out. So rush out and buy that book before they take it away. That's and, true, because uh, you can't be an election denier. Anybody who oh, questioned yeah. the election, we're getting canned all over the place. Well, I will say this, Sarah, I detect a little easing up. You know, some people are getting so tired of woke, even some liberals that I think there's a little easing up now. There so is maybe, a little easing up. Yeah, there, there, it's We've noticed it, yeah. Because yeah. the pushback is strong and they can't deny it. And and they went away from some of their core principles. And so they're losing a lot of their base too. They're yeah. not their not the cult type base. I don't think they're gonna lose that. But the people who were enough free thinkers to say, wait a minute, I was always for freedom of speech. Now you're shutting everybody down. I was always for freedom of health and anti-war. That's a big thing. I don't want all this money going to Ukraine. I was anti-war. Sure. Now you guys are supporting all this. I wait a minute. And they're losing people in droves. You know, you know I heard DeSantis. Uh, are we out of time or can I talk another You can minute? talk more. That's good. Okay. I heard DeSantis interviewed the, a couple of days ago. And he said something I thought was really interesting. And I I sort of feel this way too. He said that um, s some of the policies of the Democrats on the border, like he said, a lot of Democrats he talks to want tighter borders. They do. Yeah. A lot of Democrats he talks to don't really want to be spending money in Ukraine. He said, but somehow it's almost like a reaction against Republicans and Trump. Trump was for the border wall, so they have to be against it. Trump was for different border, border policies. They have to be against it. And I think uh, they feel Putin is some ally of Trump, so they have to fight him. You know, I mean, I just think there's some irrationality there. Yeah, we, we can't, we got to stop uh, dis disagreeing just because you need to disagree with us. 
I mean, it doesn't, we need to find common ground on issues. And my city, so proud of my city, they got rid of all the Democrat Republican labels and just said, vote for the best person. Oh, what city is that? It's Invergrove Heights, Minnesota. And they they didn't necessarily vote for, I didn't hear them say vote for the best person. But when I went on there, there was no label on anybody. And, you know, when I went and I tried to see who was the best people, the best people that I think are the best people are the ones that won. And what that did is because at the city level, do we really need to have an association, Democrat, Republican? Just vote right. for the people who care with the issue. The, the Democrat Republican Party gives us the hoot about what happens locally. They don't even know. Yeah. So yeah, vote for the people who you think is going to represent your city the best. Let's get rid of these labels. And that was a huge start towards progress, I think. Every city should be doing that. That's a great idea. I I certainly find that interesting. Yes, great. It was the best thing I ever saw. I said, wait, what? This is really interesting. Every city in the country should do that and stop promoting this division and start caring about your, what goes on in your city at just what makes the most sense for the citizens. That's a very good idea. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I'd go for that. Yeah, it, it it makes a huge difference when you throw all the other crap out and all that other baggage. Yeah. Well, anyways, well, thank you so much, yeah, Joe, and you. everything that you're doing. I really appreciate it. And people should go get your book debunked, question yep. mark. It's on <laughs> Amazon you. or everywhere. Where's the best place to buy it? Because I know some people like to buy it from places that benefit you and your work more. Well, I mean... <laughs> It doesn't matter to me. Amazon, uh, I mean, I'm not selling it on my website and the Republic doesn't sell it. The the publisher doesn't sell it on their website. Okay, so, so it doesn't matter. It's fine. Okay. But if they want to save a little money, the ebook is a lot cheaper. It's uh, 8 or $9 versus 20 plus uh, for the paperback. Okay. It's a bigger paperback than normal. This is a, an inch higher and an inch wider. It makes You know what happened when I first finished this? It was 459 pages and they screamed. The publisher said that's too long. So I took 40 pages out and it's still too long, 419. So then they said, well, to make it thinner, we're going to make it taller and wider. So now it's down to, it's slim. <laughs> Well, people get a nice quality book for 20 bucks. And for 20 bucks, you can get books that are 120 pages that are bigger print and small. This is, this is not that they're getting a lot for their money. So, okay. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Joe. And I really appreciate it. And um, keep doing what you're doing because it matters. It helps. Same to you. Keep it up, Sarah. Thanks a lot. I appreciate the opportunity. Bye-bye.